Legends once told of a podcast lost now in the sea of time. These ancient recordings spoke of games and the arcane art of HTML5. Today, Jeff Blair and Matt Hackett bring these words back to life. It is lost cast, and may your ears receive it. Welcome to Lost Cast episode 108. This is Matt. And I'm Jeff. Last week was mostly uh, LDG Book Club. Yes. Uh, I more than anything else, we talked about Creativity Inc., which is uh, kind of covers the history up until now of Pixar from one of its co-founders and a uh, pivotal person. Very interesting stuff. Um, not going to be uh, probably uh, something we do all that often, but uh, seemed to go over relatively well. So if we read any interesting books... Uh, we will talk about them again. So, uh, actually, I downloaded and started reading that book on my what? My Google Play tablet. I did not see that coming. I, I didn't say, either. I am quite shocked. It is hard to get you to read anything, <laughs> sir. I know, mostly because I'm illiterate. But you know, <laughs> how do you program? I don't know. It's it really hard very... for you. Yes. <laughs> um. So I wanted to give a shout out to our wonderful forum, which we do once in a while. And uh, the great feedback. So we actually have a uh, board, I guess you'd call it, dedicated to LostCast, and it's a pretty common thing. Not every episode uh, gets covered, but our wonderful forum users will very often create a thread just for a specific episode to provide feedback on it. And uh, Brazil Josh, I will not uh, brutalize the name today, uh, is a very common fixture there and will often kind of give us like a brain dump. And uh, we really love hearing that feedback, you know, because we don't know. A lot of times it, we'll reach the end of an episode and we're like, how was that? I don't know. What were we talking about? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so getting the feedback is, uh, is really critical and, um, and help us, helps us a lot. Uh, last week's episode, episode 107 LDG Inc. Uh, forum thread created by Warspawn. Much appreciated. And uh, mentioned, really enjoyed the, uh, the book reading. So um, really great to hear that. Really appreciate that. This week, we are going to talk about, um, well, first we have some announcements, I guess. There was a permanent price drop for a Wizard's Lizard. Ooh. Yeah. It's now $9.99 on Steam and also Humble. I think this is pretty exciting times because we ever we haven't ever had a game before that reached that, you know, age where, <laughs> or that mattered enough or that had sales relevant enough, you know, like, <laughs> this is a, a pivotal moment so for a, us. Like, we're going to be a learning a lot here. territory. <laughs> Lava Blade is now one dollar that we give to you if you download and play it. That's <laughs> negative one dollar. <laughs> That's not a good sale. Um, and uh, along with that, we also launched the finally, geez, the uh, Steam trading cards. Man, that was uh, <laughs> a long time in the coming. Yeah. So I was glad to glad to see that finally out there. That was basically my fault because uh, I had <laughs> I pretty much had all the artwork for them and I did all the work to make them live. Right. Uh, and then I went on a vacation for like two months. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I'm I'm not taking any blame for that. That's all you. It is. It's all me. <laughs> so uh, if you want to hate anybody over that, you can send it to, to Jeff I? at Lost Decade Games. Uh, not you. You can't see, but I'm raising my hand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you send me hate on a daily basis anyway, so. Yes. Oh, that's why you don't read anything I send you. Yes. You're like, ugh, I'm sick of reading all this hate. I have a spam filter for you. <laughs> um, so we have a uh, question which is awesome. We love getting questions uh, from Twitter. And uh, which else? Uh, we're also going to talk about YouTube a little bit. And then um, <laughs> if we get to it, which, you know, as it goes, we won't. But, uh, you know, in the queue of things we will talk about soon is uh, I want to talk about 3D a little bit. And we're going to, someday we will talk again about Project Skirmish. I think part of the problem is that we haven't really been working on Project Skirmish in earnest. We've been kind of delayed with, uh, you know, wrapping up other projects like a Wizard's Lizard and working on this challenge mode and... Um, other things like that. I've been working on some album art for Joshua Morris, which is uh, can be quite a time vampire. You know, like several days need to be carved out, and uh, so you need to shelve your project. Basically, we're just thrashing around wildly with no idea and no direction. I think in the future <laughs> we will kind of consider January a wash, and that's probably just a smart business thing to do. You know, I mean, push forward, make progress, but like, I don't know. It's a good time to kind of educate yourself, and you know tense up to prepare to sprint you know like we're trying we always try to sprint in january and it doesn't always go our way i feel like well i think you know again i'm gonna take some blame for yes for take stuff it. <laughs> take it all <laughs> love it uh because i got a kind of itch to do this challenge mode thing yeah um 
when we talked about it, it's kind of you know a good idea we think uh to put a little bit more love back into a wizard's lizard especially if it's something we can do easily yeah and uh with all the pieces that exist in the game we've already talked about challenge mode but um hopefully that will actually be dropping to beta this week yeah and uh, a little bit of new news on challenge mode front actually we posted a youtube video um which i don't know i, I guess a good segue will be uh, later when we're talking about youtube but instead of project skirmish we did challenge mode uh but let's also, get Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if you're interested in, in the Project Skirmish stuff, we do have a bunch of videos up we've been doing, aside from the last week's challenge mode for AWL, uh, we did do about five videos of Project Skirmish so far, and that will resume as soon as we're done with the challenge mode stuff this week. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, I have to say. I uh, I very much am in this mental state where I want to be full-time on Project Skirmish, and uh, I think that's a big part of working on large projects is you need to <laughs> practice patience you know you need to be okay with putting it down and, and traditionally i have not been okay with that i think i have a lot of leftover habits like especially from those days where you're you know you're moonlighting and you've got this weekend project and you're working on it you know late nights and you're trying to push it forward and work around your life and your full-time job and when you put down a project, we've talked about this before in the podcast, like the early times, you put it down, it's like death for it because you won't get to pick it back up in six months because you're living your life, you know, and you pick it back up and you hate it. You know, it stinks <laughs> like your crappy skills from six months ago that you feel like you've moved past. And uh, I think that I need to let that go, you know, because big projects have to be put down. You're not going to pick it up, sprint on it. You know, it needs to be a marathon, right? You're not going to just finish it in one sitting or whatnot. So you need to be okay with it collecting dust. You blow the dust off, you know, clean it, get back to work, man. Yep. Anywho, um, let's dive into a question. It's been a while. Uh, we love getting questions. It uh, gives us direction to what to talk about. And uh, this one's on Twitter, actually to our personal Twitter accounts, from Aaron McLeod. Thank you very much for the question. Wondering if maybe in a future Lost Cast, you guys can talk about making game trailers, things to avoid maybe. And this is a subject I, I feel like I have a lot of surface knowledge, but I haven't spent too much time in the trenches, right? Um, we both work on video content, but it seems like I'm typically the one who will kind of cobble the stuff together, you know? So, like, we both have a lot of the same knowledge and stuff. I might have a little bit more, you know, actual practice at it or whatnot, but I think we both feel the same ways about trailers. We think they should be simple. I should focus on gameplay. And stuff like that. And I see this all the time, you know, from an indie. Uh, we actually had somebody email us uh, not that long ago asking for advice on their game. And uh, our advice was just about the trailer, you know, like we don't necessarily have time to go in and understand all these game systems and, you know, critique everything or whatnot. But like just watching the trailer, like <clears throat> I think it was like a four minute trailer. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, yeah, I think bat. that uh, basically in the absence of knowing what specifically to do, like keep it short yeah keep succinct. it focused primarily on gameplay yeah succinct and highlight the exciting parts of the game i think that we were yes. actually talking about a trailer yesterday we were talking about we were. steam marines <laughs> yes right? steam marines yes and it's like kind of a turn-based tactical roguelike game and i think that we were I, I was expressing my interest in the game because right. i am interested in tactical games obviously yep and uh and you loaded up the trailer and you were like, ah, this trailer sucks. <laughs> no and, offense uh, to anyone. That's just how I, you know, you just have right. a conversation. You just break balls and you're honest and, uh, and then it, it seeps out. <laughs> right. And you know, it's not an awful trailer, but we both kind of felt that it could have used more punch, right? Yeah. Um, and specifically in that context, like we were talking about how they could have just shown, you know, lots of explosions, lots of damaging effects. You know, you yeah. don't want to show like... Unless your game is about, like, walking around. <laughs> you don't want to show, like, things just moving around the map. Walking around 3000, the walking. <laughs> let's, let's I mean, maybe that. that's okay for a game like, you know, let's say Minecraft. Or maybe even, a, uh, like, a JRPG style. Sure. Where you're like, you know, you spend a lot of the game, like, you know, you're walking around. You can see your party following behind you, and it kind of makes this little snake How about any point-and-click adventure game? Yes. Like, it's well, all about I think walking. with a point-and-click adventure game, I would actually rather see like dialogue or something almost actually <laughs> i don't know there there was a, a kickstarter video i thought was great i, th I think it's called mazer i'm gonna get this wrong uh but i th it, it's interesting because it was like this mashup it had a shooter portion you know like gradius or something and then it had a uh, point and click adventure portion and the 
parts of that gameplay it showed were all like you know point click adventure games will have say like a little animation like a character is juggling or a character reacts in a certain way it's not just them standing there and dialogue you know blah 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 you know show the animations right yeah because like you don't want to see just this as pretty as they are just the backdrop is not that interesting to look at in a trailer right so i think you want to keep the tempo up you know you don't want it to just be this like picture you're looking at you want it to be a you know animated exciting thing yeah so i will put a link in the show notes uh I, i'm pretty sure i'll be able to find this there's an article talking about some best practices um <clears throat> the one i'll probably be able to find is uh the one on indie games where um some mainstays there like um mike rose talk about what they like to see in trailers and these are people who've been working in the uh you know, the games journalism industry for quite a while, so their opinions are uh, relevant and matter. Um, and then there's also uh, at least two people, I think, that I've found who do nothing but make trailers for indie games. And there's one I found who, like, this person's done all the big trailers you've seen out of the indie space. Like, uh, I'm going to get these wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was, it was like, Binding of Isaac, uh, Hotline Miami, I want to say, like, Left Rouser. Like, like, you know, any indie game that anyone's actually ever heard of these days, this person seems to be, like, the go-to person for videos so what i'll say is like a precursor to us talking about our best practices and how we do it is we're not the experts we haven't had a hit game we haven't made a trailer that wowed everybody and went viral we have been in the trenches we've learned some stuff um but you know go to the experts (laughs) um so here's uh kind of what we like some bullet points basically we jotted down uh when you're talking about making your own game trailer first of all get to the point be very quick right uh treat this experience like you are out of time now you're already out of time right you're in this mad rush to show the player how cool your game is okay um just imagine that people are like okay i'll click this link here we go and they they immediately fast forward to like the 30 percent mark and they might watch like 15 seconds of it total okay so that that gives you an idea that your content that you actually do end up including in your video needs to be the very best stuff that currently exists in your game um, something else I would say is gameplay only. And I think that gamers may not even say this, but they they feel it. You know, they want to see the gameplay. Get to the gameplay. Like, if you've got a really cool cutscene, you know, awesome story, maybe, you know. Or um, what was that game? It was uh, Dead Island, right? Where their trailer that went viral was actually basically just like a CG movie. You know, there's no gameplay whatsoever. That's a whole different ballpark. I think for indie games especially, show your freaking gameplay. I don't want to see any black screens with text like, in an age long ago. <laughs> I don't want to see any of that crap. Nobody does. And I'm, I'm, when I say I here, I'm not even talking about my own personal opinion. I'm talking about gamers, man. Gamers want to see your gameplay. They don't care about text. I don't want to see black screens. I don't even want to see text overlaid on top of the gameplay. Get that out of my way. I'm trying to look at your game, right? Yeah, I I definitely agree with the text over the gameplay. Like, yeah, nobody reads it, man. Nobody. Yeah. It's a distraction. Think about it that way. Like, what can I possibly remove to get it out of the way to show you my cool game? Right. Think about it like you're putting your hand in front of somebody's face as they're trying to watch your video. Like that's your text, right? You try to look past it. You're like, get out of here. I think though that you can make the argument for like kind of cutscene trailers too. I mean, I think that the route that you would go. Uh, with that would be if you know what you're doing or you have someone that knows what they're doing because those can be really good i uh, particularly like the trailers for darkest dungeon which is kind of this like fear affliction based (laughs) roguelike rpg i love how that game looks oh it looks amazing it's got yeah great atmosphere and the art style is really cool and they kind of do these trailers where it's like the kind of still painting animation you know what i'm talking about it's like they take still images and they animate it Anyways, it looks really awesome, and uh, and I actually just watched one of their Steam trailers today, and uh, and the trailer is actually mostly um, story, right? It's like a there's this guy in a house, and you know they've got some voice overlay, but it's it's really well done. Right. And then they intersperse it. I think maybe like twenty percent of the trailer is actual gameplay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we should probably say this too. Your mileage may vary, and games in general are such a vastly different. I mean, just think about all the different genres, you know? You might be talking about a game that has nothing in common with any of the games we've ever worked on or any of the games we've ever seen trailers for, you know? So your mileage is going to vary, and uh, you should take these best practices and kind of tweak them to fit your project as best it can. But 
I still think and there's think, a lot of value in these. I, I think so too. And in our approach is kind of the like, if you don't really know what you're doing, it's <laughs> a safe bet to focus on gameplay, keep it short, keep it simple, keep it quick. Yes. Get to the point, show your best stuff. Yeah. And put dubstep behind it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that should have been one of our bullet points. That's totally that's what like we a did. that's a safe bet, you know. If you if you're not up to the task um, of creating a really nice, uh, well executed, well put together trailer, then yeah, it's never a bad bet to go with these bullet points. I think. Yeah, I, I will put links in the show notes to. Um, so there, there's two videos for Wizards Lizard. There's the initial launch trailer from January of last year, and then there's the Steam trailer from June, and they are pretty different trailers you know they're they're really put together much differently uh as, uh, also the crypt one uh crypt run one <laughs> the trailer <laughs> that we initially did for that one this is one of those terrible ones where it shows some gameplay which you know we barely had a game at that point but it has these black screens with this white text it's like if it, uh, like <laughs> uh, just wasting people's time right <laughs> um, and i'll put links to those so you can kind of see our evolution and how our videos have slowly gotten better and uh, i feel like the trailer like the current steam trailer for a wizard's lizard is successful in some ways you know what i mean it's not the best trailer ever you're not gonna watch it and be like oh i know exactly what this game's about and i'm so excited about it but it hits some certain parts really well and i think that that's because of like for one the moderate success of the game for two we've had lots of comments that people like it it's had like thirty thousand views and lots of likes you know uh it's it's just basically it is not been a problem you know there's no one complaining about it and it seems like it's suited its purpose you know I think the only criticism that I can recall about the trailer that I've heard is that people seem to think it's a little disjointed sometimes. Yeah, I can see that. So they don't really, you know, they say like, oh, by looking at this trailer, <laughs> I feel like, oh, you fight a battle and then you immediately go to this town and then you're in a museum and then you go to this other place and you buy yeah. some stuff and then you're fighting some more battles. And, yeah. uh, that's not entirely incorrect, but... It suits the uh, game, too, because you're like, where am I? I'm in a sewer, now I'm in a town, like, just <laughs> lots of death and constantly changing, like, bleh. what a disjointed um, game. Yeah, so I think the only complaint I've heard is something along those lines, like, that people didn't really understand, or they couldn't get a good sense from the trailer what the flow of the gameplay was. Yeah, we barely know that ourselves, so... Because <laughs> it was kind of clippy. Yeah, I think it'll be really revealing when we start working on, uh, like, the trailer for... Uh, for project skirmish and then you know later projects during the year we can we can see if we actually know what we're talking about if we're or if we're just like me make trailer now we know best right. practices <laughs> um uh, another trailer that i i thought was interesting this was done by another uh, by the um, i think by the guy that made dust and Elysian tail yep or at least he also made that trailer anyways uh the trailer for cosmic space heroine is um, that the ziboid one Yes, that is gotcha. the new Z-Boyd. Like, you talked JRPG. about that before. You really like that trailer. I do, actually. Well, I actually like a, a few things uh, about their whole marketing of their game, uh, Cosmic Star Heroine. Um, and I don't necessarily know if it's the best practice, but their trailer um, was kind of very like cinematic as well. Right. Um, and I think that partly because, you know, one mistake that we, we always talk about we made with Crypt Run slash Wizard's Lizard is that we kind of rushed to the prototype slash demo stage way too early. Yes. And so we actually had a game that we were showing off and um, it was very focused on the mechanics. And when we did our Kickstarter and we did the Kickstarter video, it was all about this kind of prototype game (laughs) and their video. (laughs) Sorry. I was just thinking about the Kickstarter video and that one shot of you where you're so uncomfortable (laughs) and you're just staring at the camera. I'll put I think I, I put that on YouTube. I'll find a link to that. Oh my God. I hate you. I can't think of it without laughing. I, I can't. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I think that that was, you know, generally a mistake on our part. And, yeah. uh, you know, going back to do Kickstarter again, I would do something more, you know, maybe try something more cinematic and focus on the artwork. Because I feel like what they did with their project is they focused on the character design and the and things like that. And yeah, that could just be, you know, their specific game, right? Like the JRPG kind of formula is all about your party and the characters in the party and the different kind of jobs and personalities they might have. Yeah. Uh, But they really focused on that and the storyline. I thought it made for a pretty good trailer and pretty good Kickstarter. We sent our very first embarrassingly bad shot at home with green screen Kickstarter video to some friends, including um, 
uh, Alan and Claudia, and they, uh, they're they very much entrenched in the games industry, and they love gaming and all that stuff. So they really knew a lot about it, and they gave us some great advice. And one of them was they sent us a video to, I want to say it was the uh, Prison Architect Alpha, like <clears throat> one of the first videos or something. But it was just like masterfully done, you know, like Introversion's been doing this for a long time. And uh, it shows you interesting parts of the game. It explains what it's about. It explains what state the game's currently in. It shows this banter between these, you know, two developers like we try to do, right? And uh, it just like pushes all the right buttons, you know? And that one really impacted uh, what we actually ended up launching with our Kickstarter video. Yeah. I'll put a link to that one as well. Um, so continuing with, with the, our best practices. The worst voiceover ever. Oh, but it's great, right? <laughs> I could totally see us doing that. Like, I like doing voices. I don't know why. I feel like it's better than not. Oh, that's nice. Someone actually said that about our video. What? It had the worst voiceover ever. Oh. <laughs> well, that, that hurts. I thought you were talking about uh, Prison Architect because uh, one, one of the developers is like, <laughs> go to prison, hyphen architect. <laughs> you know, with the like, uh, uh, I don't know. I sound like I work at a prison, I guess. Right. <laughs> I, I like that kind of thing. So that guy smoked for 25 years. Yeah, I like I like a little cheese. I don't know. Uh, so another one is to keep it short, and we shoot for 60 seconds, and I firmly believe that 60 seconds is the correct amount. I've seen some videos that are 45 seconds, and they can sometimes feel a tad terse, especially when your average YouTube video viewer is probably skipping to the 30% point. You know, they're probably skipping a lot, and uh, it feels a little bit too little to me anything more than 60 seconds like i'm pretty sure our steam trailer might be up to a minute and a half and that starts to feel like to me 90 seconds is your cutoff if it's 90 seconds or longer you're doing it wrong that's just my opinion obviously but that's how i feel about um trailers uh, a really important part too and this is a very common mistake uh this is critical this is like what your video is all about really this is your cta or your call to action and a lot of videos what they'll do is they'll um Here's some gameplay or some gameplay and character dies or something and it just ends and you're left with a black screen, right? What you want is there's there needs to be one thing and you don't want one of these screens where it's like, you know, a wizard's lizard, www.wizardlizard.com. It's lizard combat and it's available on Steam and Linux and DRM free and it'll rub your back and it'll tie your shoes for you and drive <laughs> you to the mall. Like, you don't want any of that. You want the one thing. If you can only pick one thing, for users to do after they see your video, show that. That's your call to action, right? If it might be, you know, I want you to follow us on Twitter. The game's not for sale yet. Or like, I want you to sign up for our mailing list because that's where we think we can make the most impact. Usually it's, this is when the game is available. This is where you can get it, right? Steam on June 26th. Or you could say it's available right now, wizardlizard.com. That's it. That's the message. Go to, this, go to this address, go to this website. And you can like on YouTube, you can make that clickable, right? I like the website thing because, you know, basically you can make a trailer, you can make it well before you have any other storefront up. Um, and, you know, if you have, a, it's easy to register a domain name for your game. Yeah. I feel like when you start talking about your game to the public, you should have a landing page for it because yes. you can do all of those things from the landing page, right? You send people to this landing page and from there you could have email signups, you can have links to Twitter, you can have other videos, you can have screenshots, you can have humble steam pre-order widgets yeah uh everything you want and you can change it dynamically and so you can always just throw out this url it's like you want more about this game here it is right uh and you can you know iterate on that landing page till the end of time basically this is like a, a big you know this this topic is really large because the trailer itself is um it's hard to have a conversation about game trailers without talking about a lot of the other marketing infrastructure that you need in place you know because here's one okay, I've got my video, where do I put it, right? Like, I might have a MOV file or an MP4 file or something. Like, I don't know what to do with it, right? Uh, obvious choice is YouTube, but then it's like, you know, I want to embed it somewhere, that kind of stuff, right? I really right. feel like these days you don't have to have a website. You could make do with just your Twitter and your Facebook and your Tumblr and your, you know, IndieDB and blah, blah, blah. But it's just so easy, like you were saying, to do, and it's so professional and it's so damned flexible. You can put whatever you want on your own landing page. You know, you might be struggling with a Tumblr layout all day and you're just like, I just want to put a little widget here with like a better video and I can't get it to work. That's what's nice about having your own website is you've got complete control. And these days you've got so many tools. You can just like, you know, you get some cPanel for five bucks a month server going and you hit, you literally hit like the launch site button, you know, <laughs> 
Like it's so easy these days. It it feels like a, a thing that you should do, and that's where you should put your your video, right? I think that uh, you can make the argument for a custom domain being the primary uh, thing of importance because if you have your own custom domain for the game, you can point that towards a Tumblr. Right. You can redirect it anywhere you want. You know, if you don't want to set up the infrastructure of your own site, I know that Tumblr and some of these other blogs will do custom domains pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a good place to start. And then, you know, at some point in the future, if you ever have your own full-blown custom site, all you have to do is switch the links over and you're good to go, right? Yeah. Uh, listeners who've been with us the whole time will probably remember that we actually used to have our blog on Posterous, which I think was actually shut down since then. But it was like blog.lostdecadegames.com. And, you know, a lot of these sites like Tumblr, probably they have it set up where you can just take their service and just point it to your subdomain or, you know, vice versa. But uh, that makes a lot of sense because we were at the stage where we were like, you know, we just don't want to worry about a website yet. Yep. You know, we barely have any games. And so, you know, tackle these things uh, in due time, right? Yep. But having the address, right? You always want the address to point people to because that's kind of the canonical thing that that isn't going to change, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. You Uh, were talking about just the other day how Shovel Knight actually, like they have shovelknight.com, but they don't actually use it outside of just a redirect back to uh, the Yacht Club's website. Yeah, we were kind of just talking back and forth about our own website and our own like microsite landing pages and stuff. And I was just yeah. interested in in the way that other companies do things. And one of the things that they do, yeah, is they just take shovelknight.com and they redirect it to Yacht Club Games slash Shovel Knight. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is kind of a polished step, I think. And I think like when you watch our Steam video, which as I said earlier, I think is decent, you know, it, it like served its purpose, but it's not the best trailer ever right like you should go be watching better trailers to learn from but this is a like kind of the last optional step which like really excellent trailers do this so player you want your player to walk away knowing what the game is about excited to play it and eager to tell someone about it right and the first part is pretty critical like you really do want people who watch the video to know what your game is about you know like it might be that in 60 seconds your game is so complicated that, you know, you can't really teach everything. But, like, you want them to know the gist. Like, oh, okay, it's a turn-based strategy game and the hook is that, you know, you control monsters instead of humans. Or, like, with a wizard lizard, you want people to think, like, okay, it's a combat game where you control a lizard and there's, like, an afterlife, like, death mechanic. And, uh, you know, we should have basically educated the player more about, like, well, what do you, you know, <laughs> what else is there <laughs> instead of just throwing swords at bats, you know? Like... <laughs> Well, <laughs> that final step is something that we didn't really uh, execute that well on, but I think that that's an important part as well. Yeah. Um, so to summarize, uh, for your game trailer, uh, get to the point. Oh, and there's a there's something here I, I should mention as well. A lot of indies do this. They um, kind of allow themselves to have like, ooh, I made this really sweet logo and I spent all week on it and I'm really excited about it, you know? And then they'll like, you know, the video starts up and there's like this black screen and this logo fades in and it's like, you know, oh, doggy butt games or something. And then it like all <laughs> fades out and you're like 10 seconds in before it even gets to anything outside of like splash, you know, you do not want that. The, uh, I limit myself these days, one second. There's a little LDG logo, one second. Lost second games. Okay, let's get to the point, you know, right. and you'll see I this think- in our YouTube videos too. That only works in like the context of, of movies where the, the audience is captive. Yeah. You know, they're <laughs> sitting there in their theater seats and they can't do anything. So you can show them like 10 different logo fade and fade outs in a row. Yeah. And like it kind of creates this excitement and because, you know, you, you've got your person kind of captive, right? Like they're on a couch or they're in a movie theater. They're not going anywhere. You can take your sweet time and be like, look at this logo zooms in and look at oh it looks so good and rotates around and explodes you know like you you can do that you have that luxury but you do not have that with a game trailer you do not so get to the point um i'm just gonna rush through these real quick (laughs) get to the point gameplay only short and that means 60 to 90 seconds end it with a call to action and after you've done all that and you feel like you've, you know, you have this beast under control, maybe take a new shot at it, right? Maybe do one where you nail all those things, then come back and then do this more difficult one. Let the player walk away knowing what it's about, excited to play it and eager to tell other people. I think another thing that, I don't know if we do this, but it occurs to me now that it might be worthwhile is to leverage the YouTube annotations such yes. that, you know, at any time during the video, you know, 
if it's 30 seconds in or 45 seconds in before you've hit the call to action that and the player wants to buy your game they can bounce out and do so yes um so maybe like having a like an annotation that links to your landing page is a good idea so after you post your video on youtube you can come back you can make areas of it clickable you can add captions which you can make optionally clickable or not um one time i checked and i swear there was you can have a global intro and a global outro in your video so what that means is you could have say like i was saying um you want like a one second like oh here's name my game goodbye you could actually make that one second video upload it to youtube and then tell youtube i want this to play before all my videos uh i'm pretty sure that's still the case there was also an outro one which to me would be even more valuable right because that's kind of the important part is you want people to i guess what it's all about right the call to action i want you to go buy my game or at the very least keep watching our videos right I would love to see the numbers about number of views contrasted against number of people that skipped the beginning and number of people that didn't make it to the end. Yeah. I don't know what those numbers would be, but I would be fascinated to find out. Yeah. YouTube actually has a lot of metrics like that. They might have some of those tools available. Um, The way that they measure the impact of a video is actually called watch time because, you know, you might see, oh, wow, 50,000 views, but... For all you know, everyone's showing up, watching three seconds and being like, oh, okay, bye. You know? Yeah. So the watch time is what really matters. Like if people show up and they watch it and they sit there the whole time, that's that's a win. And that's really hard to do. Most people are not going to watch all of your video. Um, so I really wanted to talk about YouTube. Like this is a great segue. I wanted to talk about YouTube in and of itself as just like a beast to kind of try to tame. Because as we've talked about before, this podcast is about game development, but a lot of our listeners, they're really interested in the nitty-gritty of making games, but they also want to do it you know, for a living, or, or they're more interested in trying to think about making it a business and moving towards that. you know. And to us, it's um, YouTube is really the way to go. Everything that we've been reading, you know, we keep our ear to the ground. Uh, it's pretty much as an industry, it's moving away from the printed word and towards videos. And we were talking just the other day, like, man, we need to start doing more, you know, marketing efforts, more promotional efforts. And we were like, maybe we should start a weekly blog. And you're like, screw that. Let's make just more weekly videos, you know, focus on um, YouTube more and and totally right. So it becomes this really critical tool, you know, like 10 years ago, it used to be, you need to know who the games journalists are. You need to know who the influencers, influencers are. You need to know how to send a good email. You need to get articles printed about your game. Right, and these days it's more like you need to be making videos, you need to be learning how to make good videos, and uh, you need to be reaching out to other content creators who have already found success on YouTube. Yeah, the collaborations thing I think is uh, especially important. You actually linked to me this page the other day. It was from Google actually about yep. how to drive YouTube engagement, and it was pretty interesting points they made there. So YouTube is fantastic. It's like they know what they've got. They know where it's going. They know the value of it, and they have monetized the crap out of it. And it's just super optimized. YouTube itself hosts this thing called the Creator Academy, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's uh, it's basically this really rich resource of it's a combination of text and obviously videos. And it's like, how do you make a good video? How do you uh, get a larger audience? How do you keep people watching? How do you improve your watch time? How do you get people to subscribe? How do you uh, make the video interesting to start? Uh, how do you uh, make it interesting to watch all the way through? How do you collaborate with people? Um, basically, all the things that the successful people on YouTube know and do, and they've kind of enumerated it for you on the Creator Academy. And if you're interested in this stuff, if you want to start hitting YouTube as a place to market your game and to find gamers who might want to play and buy your game, uh, this is a fantastic place to start. But it brings up lots of questions because, you know, the Creator Academy is, is good and it gives you best practices, but it still opens up these questions like, what kind of videos should we make? How often should we release them? What are we doing wrong? Like, why are we not getting more audience? Um, I've actually noticed we were doing these uh, Project Skirmish and Project Tactics videos for a while. Uh, it was like, you know, two per week and then once per week. And uh, at first we were getting something like 100 to 150 views each. And then these days, like the Project Skirmish 5 video we launched a couple weeks ago only has 50 views. And I'm really wondering if that's because we haven't been mentioning them as much on the podcast. Like, I wonder if there's actually, you know, if our listeners will hear the podcast and be like, oh, hey, I get to hear these guys talk for five more minutes. That's cool. A little bit more podcast for <laughs> me. Or, you know, hey, I want to see the actual gameplay of these games that keep talking about. So, 
you know, if the listener heads on over to our YouTube channel. I wonder if that's uh, the case. Or so like, are you comparing like how many views did those original videos get when they had been out for one week? Was it 50 or was it 150 or is it 150 now? That's a good question. And the question, one that yeah. we posted last week is only 50. You know, you have to take yeah. into account those other videos have been out in the wild longer. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I want to say that in the first week, most of them would get about a hundred views and that's about cut in half these days, more closer to 50. And it just goes to show that like making videos is hard and we barely know what we're doing. I've actually spent a decent chunk of time on the creator Academy trying to learn and soak up best practices, but it's, it, you know, learning something is not just reading it and going, okay, it's also, you know, putting it into practice and seeing how you yourself uh, react to it. And it's I really think hard. that, you know, having, you know, being able to leverage your other social channels to drive traffic to your, you know, YouTube page or whatever is important. Yes. Yeah, and I definitely agree. Strongest channels we have right now are Twitter and the podcast, probably. Probably. I, f- I really don't feel like we have a Twitter voice. You know what I mean? Even though, uh, like, our, our podcast, like you were saying, is probably our biggest outlet. I mean, okay, d- it's definitely our biggest outlet. You know, it's got o- d- definitely over a thousand listeners. I think it's closer to probably 1,500, but who knows? Uh, and then Twitter, like even Lostcast with that many listeners, whenever we tweet, we're, we're pretty lucky to get maybe four or five retweets on it, you know? And you and can look at is- other like similar uh, game companies and stuff and like they're, I feel like they've got more of a hold on Twitter than we do. Yeah. I mean, hard it's to hard to say um, because I, don't know, I was looking at some uh, other indies in their YouTube channel and uh, they don't really have all that many views. No? Uh, more than we do. So, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It, it's, it, I think that the content is niche, right? Yes. You need to have that like, critical mass of people that care uh, about, about your particular thing. Like, uh, there's this guy, uh, his name is um, Tim Keenan, I think, and he, uh, his studio is called Misfits Attic. They make a game called The Virus Named Tom. And he has a YouTube channel uh, in which he kind of like does his game prototypes and trailers and stuff like that and then he also does interviews with other developers and and then he also has like this little comic series he calls indie life where he has dolls and he like pretends yeah. to talk to them anyways if you look at his channel it's really interesting because his prototypes um they have about between 100 and 200 views some of his other uh kind of like let's play look at my game kind of things only have like 68 views Hmm. Um, so he's not so much higher than us, but then if you look at his indie life doll cartoons, uh, not really cartoons, but his little like, you know, puppetry stuff, they've got 25,000 views. Yeah. So, you know, clearly it's the content that goes viral that, that, that makes the big difference, right? Like even though he's had these viral videos that have 25 or whatever K views, it still didn't really like bump up views of his you know his right. actual game content i uh, should check those out again because i've you know having gone through the creator academy i've learned some things and i i would guess that given that many views on something there must not be any hooks like you know keep people watching or a call to action at the end that kind of thing yeah maybe um, not but i think it's it's really interesting to look at like the popularity of you know you talking about your game prototype which has a very limited appeal right Versus you mocking the indie game industry, <laughs> which has a much bigger appeal. Yeah, but even that itself is niche, right? Like right. most yeah. gamers are probably like indie games. What is that? I think I saw a box on my Xbox dashboard once that said indie games, but I ignored it. You know, like oh, is that Minecraft? Yeah, I've seen Minecraft on the shelf at a store. You're like, no, no, it's not Minecraft. <laughs> that, that's no longer a good example of an indie game. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think it's just, it's hard to, to build an audience, right? And it is to build an audience that that's going to care about, you know, the weekly goings on about your particular game. Yeah. You can look at other, uh, game developers to kind of see their success and to kind of estimate what you might be able to accomplish. And it's really interesting looking at, uh, at the Misfits Attic YouTube page, like you were saying. Um, and then I also look at, uh, say, you know, <laughs> introversion like i mentioned earlier they are just basically doing gangbusters on youtube like their their alpha videos get over a hundred thousand views and like i'm sure their game is just selling like hotcakes um i think it was humble bundle has maybe just to give everyone kind of like a um 
you know, a, a marker. Uh, they have about 50,000 subscribers, I want to say. We were actually kind of going through and studying and looking around uh, the behemoth, you know, of uh, of Newgrounds and Tom Fulp and Castle Crashers and all that. They have around 30,000, I want to say. So it gives you a good inkling of what you could expect to accomplish. You know, like you're not going to start a YouTube channel and three months later you have a million subscribers unless <laughs> you know something we don't. <laughs> Figured it out. Which, which you may. Which you may, yeah. I mean, you know, someone will do it, right? And then we'll all analyze it and be like, what in the... <laughs> We're just scratching our heads like, I don't know. <laughs> no one no one understands why that happened. Um, but we've been hitting YouTube... Uh, about once a week now, and we're going to start doing what we've, uh, we're going to call Lost Play, Lost Plays. It's like a Let's Play done by Lost Decade Games. Clever, right? Uh, Come on. Oh my God, it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we want to start committing to, um, the once a week thing. You know, we just started doing the videos. At first it was Project Skirmish and Project Tactics, and we wanted to see what came out of that. And it seems to be turning into like maybe a weekly thing. And even when we don't have anything new to show on those projects, uh, like last week we did uh, challenge mode and we kind of walked through the current challenge mode content and talked about it and that kind of stuff. So that's what we're currently doing, but we're very interested in, you know, like we have the bandwidth for it. We've noticed that, you know, take the podcast, for example, this podcast takes, uh, well, it takes an hour to record and it probably takes in total, maybe another two hours of just prep time, editing, uploading, managing, all that kind of stuff. And so if you look at probably about four hours of studio time, um, that's very significant when you compare it to, say, the challenge mode video, probably start to finish took us about 30 minutes. I'd say at yeah. most an hour if you consider you know, like some very light editing and the upload process itself, which you know you can do other things while that's happening. I think that kind of comes down to like a few different aspects. One, uh, we record the podcast separately. And so right off the bat, there's a step where you have to combine two different audio streams into one. It's true, yeah. Secondly, uh, it's a much longer endeavor. So there's a lot more opportunity for screw-ups and things you have to cut or (laughs) we have to re-record or whatever. I have to Um, cut that, Jeff. Thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But with the video, it's like five minutes. We do it all in one take. Um, and we record it, at least we've been doing it so far. I've been recording it on my PC, recording your audio, my audio, and the gameplay all in one go. So we end up with this one file that has everything you need to do with it. And basically you have this nice little command line setup where you tack on an intro and tack on a, a ender, and then you do some other (laughs) like command line conversion stuff. You just upload it. Yep. And so it's just a seamless process. Yeah. After having gone through a couple of weeks and making those videos, I'm just like really eager to do more basically, because if you took, say these Tuesdays where we record the podcast, if you took that same block of time, like that's my, that might be a fun experiment sometime. Take that same block of time and just see how much video content we could produce, you know? Right. I mean, you could argue that it's uh, it's obviously an extremely different medium, right? Like um, a lot of our listeners really appreciate the fact that they can just stick it, <laughs> stick Lost Cast in their ears and, you know, work, go jog, commute. Like it's so portable. And with the video being really important, you need to have your eyeballs, you know, glued to it. Like a lot of people I know will kind of turn on videos. Like I actually do this with uh, some of the, uh, you know, like Twitch streamers that I follow, like Lethal Frag and stuff. I'll just kind of put them on like TV. You know, I'm not watching everything, but it is video content, you know. I think, though, that the podcast is, just a, at least for us, it's a much different endeavor, right? We don't really view the podcast as like a primary marketing vehicle. Right. I mean, it's sort of a marketing vehicle, but right. it's got niche appeal. And, you know, more often than not, people uh, aren't going to spend an hour listening to us, you know, <laughs> blah 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 about whatever yeah i think the podcast has to come from like it's it's actually i think a more complicated thing to set up record and finish the podcast and like the quality bar i i don't know maybe i'm wrong about this it feels to me like it needs to be a little bit higher than the youtube um style gameplay which can be very just kind of you know ad hoc thrown together like it's more like you're hanging out with a buddy you know i I feel like with the podcast there needs to be some things like one you know how to handle the tech which we've talked about before. I just kind of had some classes in college and just kind of knew this stuff. Two is you have to have the kind of personalities we do. And you need to have like a buddy, obviously. I mean, you could have a solo podcast, but that sounds really hard to me. Actually, I've done a solo podcast. <laughs> yeah, that uh, sounds really difficult. College. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it really suffers, you know, because what people want to hear, like they want to feel like they're hanging out and they want to f- have a conversation and get closer to um, 
multiple people in the industry, you know, and feel like they've got more friends than just like, come hang out with just me. I don't and know. like, from like a public speaking kind of perspective, um, I've never felt that great doing like, I'm going to do a talk, you know, here I am yeah. going to stand up for like half an hour to an hour or whatever it happens to be. And I'm going to talk to you, the audience about blah. Here comes this but, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to him and what he's got to say is so important. <laughs> well, it's just, it's difficult to kind of maintain like a, a nice rhythm with your conversation that way. I think, whereas being as part of a panel, uh, or a round table or just you and I podcasting, it's, yeah much easier to kind of have this back and forth and, and, you know, keep the topics flowing. Yeah, exactly. So, so the podcast is not for everyone as we've talked about before, but the video content, you know, like taking advantage of YouTube and making videos of your games. If you're making games, if you're making video games anyway, you've already got your video content. That's the beauty of it, you know? So the translation is much more seamless. So even if podcasting isn't your thing, like some of these skills and some of these tools could translate over to you making uh, YouTube videos and you finding your audience for your game through those means. I think the big question for us is, you know, we're interested in YouTube. We realize that, you know, or at least we've thought that it's a place that we should be spending marketing effort. Yep. And we've started to, you know, produce weekly content there. And now we're kind of in this position of, okay, we have some moderate numbers. How do we make those better? Exactly. So this is a great time to kind of, I guess, probably revisit the Creator Academy, and we should really start doing things like you were saying. The, um, you know, you have the the click. Uh, what do you call that? <laughs> you make the the annotations. You can make those clickable. Um, I'll look at the outro, outro videos. Um, but I've got a question for our Lost Cast audience. Um, do you go from Lost Cast, and are you interested after hearing us talk about it? Do you go and you check out our YouTube channel? And if so, what do you think? And uh, what would you want to see? How, like, I want to know everything. You know, feel free to tweet at us, obviously. Hello at Lost Ticket Games. We really want your opinion. What kind of content would you want to see? How long would you want that content to be? Do you think a five-minute video is just right? Do you think 15, 20 minutes is more your speed? Um, what about the quality? Does it need to be more edited? Kind of like the podcast, a little bit higher quality? Is, is it just fine the way it is? Like, do you want us to see... you want to see us playing other games? you want us just our own games like it's the thing it's so overwhelming like what in the world should we be doing you know right. tell us what to do because we have no idea <laughs> um i saw these videos i i, I actually noticed that uh, youtube is slowly becoming it's, it feels like a tv channel you know it's it's like um most of the time like let's say i, wa- I sit down i want to watch something just to kind of entertain myself while i eat something during the day and I'll go to like, you know, Amazon Prime Instant Video or Netflix or something like that. Once in a blue moon, I'll go to like, you know, Hulu or you can actually watch South Park episodes uh, or daily show episodes on their websites. And YouTube is kind of like another channel where I'll be like, all right, there's nothing really I want to watch in any of these channels. So I'll go over to YouTube and put it up on the TV. And I've got like 40 freaking channels I subscribe to and it's crazy. And there's just so much good stuff there. Um, one video that I saw, I'll put a link to it if I can find it. There's this really cool artist I've been following. Uh, like, oh, I can't remember the name. <laughs> Damn you, podcast curse. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. And uh, one of these days, I'll get that in the show notes everywhere. Um, but basically, the video was a uh, just a picture of this. is a, a camera shooting at someone's drawing table, right? And there's just got a little notebook there. And this person just kind of starts sketching and is kind of talking about um, what he's doing. And it's basically like about a 45-minute process. goes from like sketching with a pencil to then coming back over with ink. And it was like a drawing of a dragon. And it's really great to see how various artists um, accomplish their their art, you know. And the person at first was talking about the process. Like, okay, so what I'm doing here is, you know, I'm trying to find the form and the shape. And I'm thinking about perspective. And I'm looking at the composition and the relative blah, 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 right? And then after that point, it becomes very repetitious where it's like, okay, so now I'm just basically doing the line art and I'm following the sketches and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm basically just going to repeat that process for the next 30 minutes. So this person found that as an opportunity to start talking about um, questions that the YouTube audience had sent him. And one of them was about like school and uh, art college and that kind of thing. So you can kind of watch this drawing going out and you're learning in that regard. And you're also hearing this really experienced person talking about um, his experience with art school and opinions about it and the learning process and how to be creative and all that stuff. And it was this really great kind of combination of content to me because um, when the person was recording the art video, um, the name is Jake, I want to say Jake. I'm going to look it up while I'm talking here. <laughs> um, but it was like, 
two things accomplished at once. Like when the person was recording the video, it, uh, the person wasn't speaking at the same time. It was literally just, I'm just going to sit here and draw, right? And then later I'm going to talk over it. And I think that was really great. And I could kind of see something like that. Like we've been putting our Lost Cast videos up on YouTube, which I really doubt. I don't know. I'd like to know about that too. Does anyone actually listen to Lost Cast on YouTube? Um, but it's really, usually what we'll do is like, here's just a static image and that's not that interesting. Right. But if we had say, you know, like a time lapse of like some art being created for the game or like, here's a time lapse of, um, or just here's 45 minutes of Jeff working on a bug, you know, you can just, <laughs> yeah, seriously, you can like see your screen, you see some text, you see code changing, you know, like you, we could easily provide enough video to cover the length of Lost Cast for that, you know, and that, that kind of, um, the combination of those two different mediums combined might, I don't know, that might be good. That might be stupid. Just like any idea. <laughs> and all uh, I don't think it's that stupid. I mean, that's a, it's pretty interesting. I, I kind of like that format you're talking about where you have kind of a visually interesting thing yeah. that someone's doing, but it's not a great opportunity for them to be talking at the same time as they're doing it. Yes. Which I think code kind of, you know, absolutely falls into that example. Some people can do that, I think, but uh, I know that I certainly could not be writing code effectively and narrating it as I'm doing it. Yeah. It definitely have to be a comeback later and like, okay, this is where I was creating a function, I think. And why am I writing that line? Holy crap. What's going on? Yes. Um, <laughs> so that was, uh, that's Jake Parker who I was talking about. And I will put a link to the um, dragons, dragon drawing in the show notes. Another artist who uh, I only just found out about recently is uh, Chris Oatley, who actually is, uh, works at Disney and has uh, what he calls the magic box, which is basically this online Academy where you can go and learn about digital painting. And there's a free video, um, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. And this is kind of the, the same format. I actually hadn't thought about this until I was already talking about it, but it was a very similar format where it was like a half hour video of um, the artist working. And I'm pretty sure the, like the voiceover came later, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's kind of interesting because, um, you know, it's a relatively simple thing for us to say, you know, like, let's say I'm drawing some game art. It's pretty easy for me to just cap uh, capture some video, capture some screenshots, and then, you know, put that put lost cast audio over that so that might be interesting uh let, let us know if that sounds interesting to you or if you have any other ideas or if you've seen especially this like if you've seen other videos where people are doing interesting things that we could be doing as well <laughs> if you see anything cool we could copy by all means throw us a bone <laughs> i've looked at a couple of youtube channels and um the guy that makes a scapegoat his name is magical time bean Yes, uh, his YouTube channel. He he's kind of got similar views to uh, to Tim Keenan. It's like and you know, some of his videos have it in the hundreds of, of views. Yeah, um, but one of his videos uh, is called "How a Scapegoat Two Teaches You to Play," yeah. and that one has like twenty five k or something. And that's an interesting video because he is showing off his game, and he's also talking about how he's designed the tutorial such that it's not a kind of hold your hand, tell you what to do kind of tutorial, but it kind of teaches you organically through the first couple levels uh, about all the game systems that you need to know about. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an interesting uh, interesting way to go uh, is to kind of, you know, show off your game, but also, you know, talk about a particularly relevant piece of design that could be interesting to the public at large, right? I think that that's kind of one area where our videos might be lacking is like, they're only interested in two people who have a curiosity about a game in development by us. <laughs> it's like a niche within a niche within a niche. Right. Yeah. Like you're losing me. You're losing me. I'm gone. Okay. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I think we need to, you know, I don't know exactly how we do it necessarily, but, you know, kind of approach the videos, at, at least, you know, some videos uh, in a way that, you know, like what's the takeaway here that could be beneficial to a people that don't, necessarily care about our game yet right right maybe by watching the video they will care about the game yeah but you know as a person who is into game development maybe you've never heard of a scapegoat <clears throat> and you're like oh this is an interesting video about how they teach the player how to play you know like i could I, this is relevant to my interests yeah as opposed to you know matt and jeff blabbing about the <laughs> code they added to project skirmish <laughs> this vaporware project that may or may not ever see the light of day like it's hard for anyone to get excited about that right yes hey two and losers <laughs> of a two-man indie team that's the most original thing ever there's only like 50 of those in america alone uh yeah they made a video of a game they i don't know working on it a little bit it's got a bunch of ripped zelda graphics like 
<laughs> go watch that. <laughs> oh, yes. No, it's good. Like, uh, we really do appreciate the views and, um, we try to be funny. We try to be entertaining. And basically what we do is we kind of take in the same approach we have with Lost Cast where we're just going to talk about what we have, you know, like what we uh, are currently working on. And that's uh, I, that's what the videos have been so far. And uh, we're basically just looking for more. And it's not to say any either that we're going to be, you know, replacing the content. You know, like obviously the podcast is going to keep going. And the YouTube videos, like the weekly, just like let's play the current project we have going. We want to keep that going too, but like like we were saying earlier, because they're so inexpensive to make, like start to finish, we can probably produce one of these in half an hour, you know? So like we want to hit YouTube really hard, so we have more bandwidth for that. Like I'm seriously considering just playing indie games or just maybe games and just doing kind of like the, you know, the lost play things where it's just like, here's me, I'm a, you know, indie game designer, here I go, I'm playing this game. Because it would kind of satisfy just like there's more YouTube content and there's, you know, it gives me practice at getting better at this and blah, blah, blah. But that just doesn't have enough direction. There's something about it. I just, I want to have a more focused approach to it. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely agree. Some of our other videos that have done better than the Project Skirmish videos are like, you know, we have one video about how to beat the Beholder in Onslaught, which has like 25K views, uh, yeah. which is kind of amazing. And then uh, I made another video near the launch of AWL called How to Beat Owls. Yes. And that one has like 350 views. Wow. Uh, and so, I mean, it's obviously not like a hugely popular video, but um, more than the ones it, we've been doing, like our weekly ones. Like yeah. So you could, you could kind of see that for our particular use cases right now. Yeah. Maybe how two videos are going to bring in more people. Yeah. It's interesting when we first did like those, how to beat the dragon, how to beat the, the, the beholder. It feels like they got more views than there were players for those games, you know? And like yes. that was 2010 ish. So I want to like I'm wondering if that was a little bit before the cusp where it was like, whoa, you can just play a game and put a video up on YouTube and it's going to get a lot of views. And you know we did that. We put a video out there and we were like, hey, I got a lot of views. That's it. Like we didn't. You yeah. know, some people had that follow through where they're like, whoa, this got 25. I'm going to make 10 more of these. I'm going to do it every day for two years. And then that's you know those are the people who today have like. 50 billion subscribers, right? <laughs> and we're like, what? What? Oh, what? <laughs> we missed that. <laughs> okay, let's catch up. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, I don't know. It, it feels like uh, a while ago that there may have been like a, an easier, because that's part of the problem now, right? Is I couldn't even tell you how many videos, probably like a video per second is uploaded to YouTube or more, you know? like So now you yeah. have the problem of uh, there's just so much content. How do you How do you get noticed, right? Right. That's a big part of it for us. Uh, I think it's really just, you know, going viral, right? You have to have some content that appeals to enough people that they want to share it with their friends, you know? Yeah. I think that the escape goat video is perfect, right? Because it kind of starts out like, hey, you know, this is how we approach the design of our tutorial and we think that it's really great. And then, you know, people will see that and go, oh, that's a great idea. Like, this is a good way to approach the tutorial and they'll share it with their friends and those people might share it with their friends and so on and so forth. It's like, yeah. You need content that people are going to say to their friends, hey, you have to check this out. Yes, exactly. Yeah, kind of like we were saying earlier with the uh, the game trailers. So maybe we should, uh, you know, we should do this. I don't know if we've actually done this. We should look at our game trailer best practices. <laughs> Obviously, they're not all going to translate over, you know, like, it's not. we're not going to make, I mean, we did make that one 60-second video, but I don't think that one did all that great either. Um, but yeah, we could, you know, get to the point maybe. We could probably make them a little more concise. <laughs> Uh, get to the point maybe i like that you're very confident <laughs> our call to action at the end is kind of like subscribe do it subscribe please please or you know not yeah we could probably yeah. do a little bit uh better there do we have like a watch the wizard's lizard trailer on all of our videos so yeah the uh youtube gives you a tool to where you can't like this it's hard to explain it's like say you're watching your video and this little kind of tab will like whoop like kind of like swing in from the side and you can tell youtube to link people to whatever you want so when you watch any video on our youtube channel in theory this is how it's supposed to work anything that's not the steam trailer for wizard lizard it will try to get you to watch that next like hey here's this you know so like even Though we aren't like, you know, we haven't gone into each video and we, we don't have one of these fancy little where it's like, hey, thanks a lot for watching. And you've got like, you know, actual video of the next two videos you want people to watch and they're clickable. And there's a big subscribe button. Like you've probably seen these like, um, 
PewDiePie is actually one of the best uh, I've seen for like just the flow and a really great call to action. Like there's a video, it shows you, this is how you like my video. And it like zooms in and shows like clicking of the like button. This is how you subscribe to my videos. And this is how you can give me money, you know? It just shows all that stuff. So we don't have like, that's we're not super optimized like that. But at the very least, and YouTube makes this extremely easy for you. You can just have a, you know, when you're done watching that, watch this video. And if we could only pick one thing for people to watch, it would be that. It would be the Steam trailer for Wizard's Lizard because that one, as we talked about, is, you know, decent, relatively optimized. And at the very end, really great call to action. Go to the website. And when you go to the website, you see a big old splash with like, you can watch the trailer again or right there, you can buy it. You know, you're like, you're one click away from being able to buy the game. And that's pretty major. Speaking about the website landing page, I've often wondered if maybe we should start including the Steam widget there too. I think my original thinking for the landing page was that it should just be the humble widget because that's where we make the most money. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if, you know, the legitimacy of, of the Steam widget and or, you know, people would rather buy on Steam by and large, perhaps. Yeah, uh, like, would make that more of a, a better conversion. Is it worth the th hit? I'm gonna I'm gonna bleep that out. Is it worth the hit that Valve takes? <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Because uh, humble is notoriously, uh, you know, they take very little, and most of that money goes to us. Um, I would guess probably yes, but you know how we do that? We should probably do like a um, a B test. Exactly. Yeah. Which ugh. <laughs> we yeah. should really be doing more of that. Uh, Cliffsky would be really upset with us. It's a big thing that. Um, he advocates on his blog is you know do do a b tests or in his opinion you're just letting money uh, sit on the table which hey there's some truth to that man it's absolutely true i mean if you you know we, we talked a lot about at the beginning of the podcast about the landing page kind of being your funnel right yeah and you know we are not great about analyzing the data of that funnel and tweaking it to <laughs> suck more people in <laughs> yes um but we should and, and, you know, it's mostly just a function of the fact that, you know, you and I are super busy and, you know, it's just one of those things that neither of us have made time for. Yeah, exactly. So next week, I think we're probably going to start, uh, well, we will start with the uh, the forum again. If someone makes a forum thread and has some feedback there, uh, we're going to try to start doing that as kind of our uh, <clears throat> introduction to the episode. And then I really am going to talk about 3D one of these days, uh, probably in the next episode. And then um, we're going to be getting back into Project Skirmish pretty soon. So that'll be a big topic. We also have some interviews, uh, finally, that were kind of got in the works. But man, those things are just beasts to set up. So it's a very slow process, but uh, down the pipeline, we do have those coming. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's what's coming up next. Uh, don't forget to uh, check us out um, on the forum. You know, come join our community and say hi. Give us your feedback. We always love to hear it. Um, specifically, if you have questions or topics you'd love to have us cover on Lost Cast, we'd love yeah. to hear that as well. We are going to play you out with the last new track from Waveform 5. This one's called Fusion Passport. And man, there are two new albums coming from Joshua Morse. This man is an incredible music machine. So I hope you enjoy the song and uh, check out Waveform 5. If you like it, go throw our composer a couple bucks. He'd really appreciate it. Pick up the album, help support indie artists, and uh, look forward to new music coming from him soon as well. Ship it.
Smotro. Yeah. <laughs>